hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart. Would you sing that with me? Here I Lord, is it I? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart. Let us pray. Dear God, what an honor it is to gather as your people here at the beginning of this new year to celebrate all that you have done in the midst of our church, but to be excited to know that there are more things to come more ways for us to grow in our faith, more ways for us to, to reach out to others, more ways to share your great love, and more ways to share how Jesus has changed our lives and how Jesus can then go out and change the lives of others. So God, as we gather for this first time this year, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, I, I, I love that song. That's a song that um, plays over in my head a lot, usually in the morning when I wake up. And I, wasn't, I actually wasn't even planning on doing that until this morning as I was driving here to work, and that song just echoed because... It's what it's calling us to do, to open up our hearts and open up our arms and say, God, use me. Take me and, and help me to share your love with others. Today is Epiphany Sunday. Now, uh, some of you may have been surprised when you came to church this morning and you saw all the Christmas decorations still up. Well, because Christmas isn't over yet. Well, actually, Christmas technically was over yesterday because yesterday was the official epiphany, 12 days after Christmas. Spoiler alert, if that whole song, the 12 days of Christmas, it's not before, it's after, and it ended yesterday. 
But that twelfth day is the day that the wise men came to offer gifts to the Christ child. It represents this message that we have, this gospel message about how Jesus has come to change the world. It's for the whole world. It's not just for one, one sect or, or, or one group of people, but, but God wants life change for all, for everyone to experience how, how God can change lives. I think it's, it's fitting with this being Epiphany Sunday and for us sharing the, this gospel message <clears throat> that, that I, I like to reflect a little bit on, on what God has done through Royce City First United Methodist Church in 2017, but more importantly, what God will do through Royce City First United Methodist Church in 2018. I like, I like to set this course for us to, to move forward, to, to be bold in our witness. I tell you, December and November of this past year was just amazing. Whenever I, I, I stood here with uh, the candle lifted up during the 7, 30, 7 o'clock and 11 o'clock service and seeing everyone in the sanctuary was singing Silent Night together, that was such an awesome and a holy moment. And the thought that ran through my mind is that God has a lot more in store for us in this next year. You know, I, I guess the biggest uh, milestone that we had as a church uh, this last year, excuse me, Uh, the big milestone was our uh, Healthy Church Initiative. You know, we started that uh, right when I got here, June uh, 20, uh, July 2016. And then last year we were in the process of doing our Phase 2 stuff, and now we're in the middle of Phase 3. And if you remember, two really important things came of the Healthy Church Initiative. Number one is that we established our mission, or I should say we reestablished the mission of our church. And I want you to share and join me in sharing our mission again. Our mission of our church is making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Did I write? Yeah, I wrote that, right? That's, that's our mission. That is what we are called to do as a church. But then we gathered together and we had a, a small group of people. We, ha- we had uh, a lot of input from everyone and then we had a small group of people kind of massage a vision of what it was, how it is that we were to make disciples. And this is our vision. Be gods. You belong here. Worshiping together, serving with heart, and growing in faith. So, so that's our vision. So we have our mission and we have our vision. Now, I'll, I'll confess something to you. Um, our coach, who I love dearly, he's a great guy, and I learned so much from him. He, he's been wanting me to pull together a, a form to see how, how we are following our mission, and our vision. And some of you have been in some of the meetings where we've talked about this form, and, and, and you can tell that I've been a little frustrated with that form. 
I, I just have had a hard time wrapping my arms around a, a piece of paper asking us how in the world we are fulfilling the mission and we're fulfilling the vision. Even though I look and I see through our church every day how we are fulfilling the mission of our church and how we are, are doing the vision. But then last October, uh, we had our very first staff day away where we had uh, members of our staff come together and, and we, we decided to pull out the calendar for 2018 and we placed all of these what I call big rocks, those things that we know that's going to happen in the year, like Easter. We know Easter's going to happen. We wanted to make sure we got that on the calendar, so we planned for it, which comes a lot sooner this year than it has in past years. So it'll be here before we know it. But then we know other stuff like confirmation, vacation Bible school, uh, when school starts next year, when Christmas is next year. Well, all of these things, we put these big rocks in place. But then we decided to do some training for our congregation and for, for us as staff on how we can better serve our church. And one of the ways that we did this, we were following this uh, program called Breaking 200 Without Breaking You by Carrie Newhoff. Carrie Newhoff is a pastor up in Canada, has a very successful church, and he uh, does a lot of leadership growth and helps training leaders. And as we were looking at this video, something clicked. And we all looked at each other in the room whenever he said this. And he said that as a church, you need to have a mission, which we have. You need a vision, which we have. But you also need to know what your church's values are and what is your strategy, how you are going to do these things. And then Carrie listed these strategies. So the strategy that he listed, we wanted to adopt as ours. So the first part of the strategy is that everyone is a part of a small group. Second part of the strategy is that everyone is serving. The third part of the strategy is everyone is inviting someone to be a part of our church. And then the fourth part of the strategy is everyone is giving. And when we heard that, we were like, that's it. That, that is how we will make disciples. That is how we will fulfill the vision that we have, is to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to be a part of a small group. That's why we're starting this new study that April talked about at the beginning of our service. That's why we're starting that, to give you an opportunity to be in a small group. Everybody is serving. Have, have a chance to, to make a difference where you are. We're to invite, to, to uh, invite people to be a part of what's going on and to give because God has given so much to us. So this plays out in Scripture, and it's our Scripture for today from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. I invite you to follow along with the words on the screen or in the Bible that you have with you. And let us consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. 
don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. Instead, encourage each other, especially as you see the day is drawing near. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So let's take a look at this step by step. First one, don't stop meeting with, don't stop meeting together. That's the strategy of everyone is a part of a small group. See, one of the things that we want to do, and, and, and I stole this from Carrie too, and I know that he won't mind because he likes it when people steal his stuff. But Carrie Newhoff says that it's important as a church that not that you know everyone who is here in this sanctuary, but we want to make sure that everyone is known. We had a situation uh, a few months ago, uh, an elderly woman in our, our congregation, uh, she called Wanda and was really upset because nobody reached out to her. Nobody, because she, she fell, she hurt herself, and, and, and she was just like, you know, I'm, I'm a part of the church and nobody said anything. Well, we start, and, and this is not an excuse. I'm not making an excuse. We should have been reaching out to her. But we started to look at and we realized that she really wasn't a part of any group. That she wasn't really connected except for being here on Sunday morning. And we started to think about, you know, if, if we were able to find a way to get her connected, then we as a church family could have wrapped our arms around her so she knew that she was loved and cared for. After we found out, of course, we were very diligent in making sure that she had what she needed and everything. But see, that's when we're not a part of a group or we're not connected as the body of Christ, we have a tendency to fall away. Now, there's another reason why that we have this. So if we look in the Old Testament, we see uh, Moses. He was, uh, of course, over thousands and thousands of people as they were moving through the wilderness. And there was one day in, in, in Exodus we hear that Moses was just worn out and exhausted because every single person came to Moses for, for answers to problems. And he went to talk to his father-in-law, Jethro, and Jethro said, what? no, what you need to do is that you, you don't need to handle all of this yourself, but if you had people in the tribe to, to appoint, to, to have people go and take care of different individuals, then that will allow the opportunity for more people to be connected, and that way not everyone has to go through one central point. See, then everyone will be taken care of. All of the needs of the people will be known because they are in groups that are taking care of each other. Jesus knew about this too. Believe it or not, Jesus knew about this. And if you look at Jesus' life, we see that he also had groups divided up. He had three disciples who were his, his right-hand men. You had Philip, James, and John. They are the ones, if, if you look at, at Scripture, when Jesus goes away someplace, he takes these three disciples with them. And then, of course, we know about the group of 12 that Peter, James, and John were a part of. They were all together, and they were a part of Jesus' small group, if you will. 
And then we hear of the 72 in Luke chapter 10 that, that Jesus sends out. And then, of course, we know Jesus taught to the multitudes all over the place. But see, Jesus knew that he needed to have these small groups so that he can be connected to others. And then those people can be connected to others to share and be fully known to each other. John Wesley knew about this too, and, and he, he talked a lot about this. He had three different meetings. He had the band meeting, which is a group of three or four people that really know about who you are. And then the class meeting, which was a little bit bigger group, and then the society is a little bit bigger group. And then John Wesley would go out into the fields and preach and share the good news. But as Hebrews says, the writer understands that people have stopped doing this. They, they fail to gather together to be in groups to help support each other. And the Methodist church has done that too. You know, it used to be a part of our book of discipline that, that these were important meetings that you were a part of. But then it just got written out of the book of discipline where people said, what in the world is he talking about band meetings? What in the world is that? What is a, a class meeting? Well, these are the small groups. So we'll talk more about this over the next five weeks, but I invite you to get plugged in. Go grab a curriculum and grab a DVD and just gather people together. Trace and I, we're grabbing some friends that we have that we're going to gather together to go through the study together so that we can be connected. The second part of the scripture talks about sparking love and good deeds. Or if we were to look at our strategy, we'll also be everyone is serving. See, there are places that you can get connected to serve. It could be the food pantry to go and give an hour a month or two hours a month to help people get the food that they need. I know we have several food pantry volunteers here in this room right now. You know, one of the biggest areas of growth that we have right now is our, our, our children's ministry. And we are so looking for leaders to come and step alongside our kids, to share the love and grace in Jesus Christ. And I will admit, it will be frustrating at first. You may go upstairs and you may have two kids, but that day that we have 10 or 12 and we don't have enough volunteers, those mommies and daddies are going to look and go, well, they don't care. So we need to be prepared to, to feed into the lives of our kids. You'll, you'll see a sheet in our, uh, our bulletin about the, the senior, the Shepherd Center. I'm so excited about this ministry. This ministry is going to take off and it's going to explode because of the partnerships we have with the, uh, with the Royce City, uh, with the city, with, with different senior organizations, with the Royce City Senior Center. You know, if you would like to be a part of that, you know, contact me or contact Robin, who's here sitting in the middle. Robin, go ahead and wave your hand. You know, hear what the needs are so we can make sure that our seniors are taken care of. There are many other ways that we can serve. And then the third thing, the last part of our text says that we should encourage each other. And there are two ways that we encourage each other. The first way is that we invite or 
recommend people to come to be a part of our church. And what I mean by that is, and I know I've shared this story over and over again, it's one of my favorite Bible verses to, to talk about is the story of Philip and Nathaniel. Philip hears about what God is doing and is so excited he goes and tells Nathaniel, and Nathaniel kind of blows him off. And Philip says, well, you know, just, just come and see. Come and see. I know that sometimes asking people to be a part of our church or having them come on Sunday morning can be difficult, but it's not difficult, as, as Jim Osher would say, just to recommend our church, recommend what you see is going on. You know, Thomas Rainier, who's a, a, a leader, uh, wrote a book, uh, Unchurched Next, The Unchurched Next Door, and he says that 82% of the unchurched are at least somewhat likely to attend church if invited. And then he also said that if you think about the church, only 2% of those inside the church are actively asking others to come and see. Now, our hope is as we move forward to the strategy that we look and we see who is it that we can invite. Or if we are out and about, you say, you know what, this is one of the things that our church does, and we would love for you to come and see what our church is doing. To openly recommend, to openly invite people to be a part of who we are. And the other way that we encourage others is through our giving. Now, I'm not going to be able to share this week, but next week we're going to be sharing our end-of-year numbers. And I will tell you right now, they are amazing. I heard a, a, a podcast this week of a, of a pastor of a well-off church. He said, you know, the thing that I want my church to do is to have enough margin that way, if there is something that we need to do, we can do it without hesitation. And that's what I want to see Royce City First United Methodist Church be. I want us to be a church that when we see a need or that when we see an opportunity to, to expand our reach, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with our community, we can look at what we have and say, we have that. Let's do it. Let's move forward so that we can continue to build the gospel like way that God has called us to do. So that's why we, we join at this table. This table is a, an example of how God has so graciously given us a gift. And when uh, God has given us this gift, we are called to share with each other. I'm going to ask Tim, because I know uh, that um, I've probably coughed on my hands a little bit, and I don't want to touch the bread this morning because of that, um, to help as we prepare for uh, this gift of bread and cup. So as we prepare for this, I help, want you to think about ways that you can let this gift of bread and, and juice, this bread and cup, fill you so that you can continue to make disciples of Jesus Christ where you are and in the community that we live in.